Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Before we begin our uh, message, I want to just invite you to pray with me. Father, as we open your word and look at amazing truths there, I pray that you'll open our minds, open our hearts, and give us understanding that we might live in the freedom of what we're going to talk about today is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. On this earth, in the ideal of marriage, we have the opportunity to build an alliance of trust. In all the world, there's, there's no other person with whom we are more exposed, vulnerable, no other person who cares more for us or for whom we care more. This, this unity, this bond is so deep and so all-encompassing that Scripture speaks of the two becoming one. To visit with an elderly couple who maybe have been married for 75 years or so, still seeking to strengthen the bond, sitting together or walking together, holding hands. A lifetime of fun and frustration, of challenges and cherishing hurts, I mean, hurts and healings, fights and forgiveness. What a gift when it all goes well and weathers the storm. But sometimes, it doesn't go well, and there comes the separation of divorce. The, the bond is ripped apart. Rarely is the process one where solvents are used to soften the glue of the bond of marriage, but more often there is a ripping and tearing and pain as that bond is broken. Florida is a no-fault divorce state. The only reason that you have to give for filing a divorce is that your marriage is irretrievably broken. In other words, you must show that your relationship is over and that you cannot repair it. It used to be there had to be some, what the courts believed to be a valid reason, what we called grounds for the divorce. Things like adultery or cheating, bigamy, desertion, mental illness, mental or physical abuse, drug or alcohol addiction, and the list could go on. I remember back in 1984 when the movie Irreconcilable Differences came out. As a culture, we were trying to wrap our minds around the move to no-fault kind of divorce. No longer were we required to have grounds. Without some outside grounds, a couple who had been engaged in a beautiful dance of unity could simply grow apart and come unglued. Sin can creep in and cloud self-awareness. There can be a drifting apart, a ceasing of conversation, a going one's own way, a selfishness, a grudge holding that progresses to the point of irreconcilable differences. A, a list of common irreconcilable differences might include disagreement over finances or debt problems, a loss of trust, work that causes protracted separation, lack of sexual intimacy, personality conflicts, communication difficulties, differing political opinions. My mind turned to irreconcilable differences this week because of today's message, stewarding the gospel of reconciliation. The question some may wonder is, what needs reconciling? 
We humans may become so immersed in just living our lives that we don't give any thought to the differences between us and God that from the human side are unable to be reconciled. As I read our text for today and and contemplated about being reconciled, something hit me. Everything that God is, we naturally aren't. Everything that God is, we naturally aren't. If, if this were a marriage, there are huge grounds for a divorce on the basis of irreconcilable difference. Here's a list of God is and we are. God is infinite. We are finite. God is all-knowing. We have limited understandings. God is holy. We are cursed. God is righteous. We are sinful. God is generous. We are selfish. God is loving. We are cruel. God is love. We detest. God is passion. We are apathetic. God is generative. We are consumptive. God is yes and, and we are no. God is possibility. We are skeptics. God is timeless. We are time-bounded. God is pure, and we are corrupt. Talk about irreconcilable differences. This list is long, and a complete list would only be more depressing. It is more than simply standing with all other humans on the equal footing of being a sinner. All that God is, we are not. There are always differences between a creator and the created. Even in the garden prior to sin, there are notable differences between creator and created. But prior to sin, we wouldn't need to think of them as irreconcilable difference, but more like different pieces of a puzzle that fit perfectly, that the differences match and naturally reconcile. But with sin comes a whole string of competing differences, born of selfishness. And so today we find our reality that, that God is totally other. What does it mean to be reconciled to God? Let's remember that God didn't move. He didn't change. God is the unchanging God. It was the human who stepped away. The the word was, if you eat the tree, the fruit from the tree, you're going to die. And the lie was, if you eat the fruit from the tree, you won't die, but you'll become like God. It's impossible to be like God by disobeying God. The result of that first human choice is that in Adam, as part of our our ad. AdamicAncestry.com, we all have a death sentence on us by virtue of our family. That one choice created the reality of a huge list that for any future human would be a list of irreconcilable difference, differences and distance from God that no human can reconcile. Reconcile, if you go to the dictionary, it has three dictionary definitions. First, one is to restore friendly relations. When two friends are at odds and they come back together again, they've been reconciled. They've restored friendly relations. Second is to make one account consistent with another, especially by allowing for transactions begun but not yet complete. And third, making one view or belief compatible with another. With such a massive reality of irreconcilable differences between us and God, how can that happen? How how can we be reconciled? 
How can friendly relations be restored? How can uh, who we are and who God is become consistent with each other, especially when we aren't completely transformed? How can we be made compatible with God? One of the most difficult hurdles for some people of the gospel, of believing God's great kindness, God's great mercy towards sinners, is being able to come to the realization of the reality that this is a problem beyond our solving. What joy, I've seen it, what joy fills a person when they actually grasp their own inability and rest completely on the grace of God. A new believer lives for some period of time in the relief of their new awareness that God does it all on his side of the equation, and they are simply the recipient of a great, amazing, too-good-to-be-true gift. But too often, as we move down the Christian walk, living the Christian life, we're tempted to forget that God in Christ did all the reconciling. And we begin as reconciled people to imagine that we had a hand in it. We contributed to it in some way. We, we may be contaminated with some spiritual pride that we are the reconciled ones. And we may begin to judge others and look down on them as not reconciled or at least not as reconciled as we are. We may create walls of separation to keep the reconciled safe from the unreconciled. While differences may have been more clear before Jesus came to this earth and lived and died and rose again and returned to his Father, the reality today is that regardless of how a person looks or behaves or what they have done, we are all prisoners whose prison doors have been opened, unhinged, thrown away. Millions of people on our planet may sit in their cells, but they are only held captive by their own ignorance, real or chosen. Christ has opened the doors. He has set the captives free. This is why Paul writes to the Corinthians, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. No longer can it be the the reconciled and the unreconciled. At worst, it is the ones who have recognize their reconciliation and those who have not recognized their reconciliation. You remember what it says in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20? For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's in Jesus Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In Christ and through Christ Jesus, friendly relations have been restored. Our lives have been made consistent with God's life, even though they're still in progress. And we are no longer incompatible with God. Our irreconcilable differences have been brought into oneness. In fact, fact, we're so reconciled, Paul says, that Christ brings us into the very presence of the Father, and we are holy and blameless, just as if there had never been any distance between us and God. In our passage for today, we find these words, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And all this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. Christ's work, Christ's work reconciled all things to God. 
He threw open the prison doors, and, and our privilege, our privilege now is to find prisoners, maybe sitting in their cells, and let them know the doors are open, the captives are free, your cells unlocked, as we steward this great gospel of reconciliation. After World War II, there were Japanese soldiers, members of the Imperial Japanese Army or Navy, who continued fighting after the surrender of Japan on, in August of 1945. These men were called holdouts, and many were discovered in the Southeast Asia and the Pacific Islands for years after the war. What is thought to have been the, the last holdout was Private Teruo Nakamura, who finally surrendered on Moratai Island in Indonesia in December of 1974. For 29 years, he kept fighting a war that was over. Paul writes about God bringing us into oneness with him, and then he informs the Corinthians and us of our great stewardship responsibility. The news that the prison is open and we are free, the news that the war is over and we can stop fighting, the, the news that we have been reconciled to God is not just news for us to cherish and sit in circles of friends and celebrate and speculate about. No, God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Here's the amazing grace, the reconciling work of God, the good news. It's in our passage for a day in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. God is no longer counting people's sins against them. God is no longer counting your sins against you. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. When we join Paul in telling people, be reconciled, it's nothing that they do. It is simply a reality that they choose now to believe. When all the cells are unlocked and all the prison doors are open, all the gates are gone, telling the prisoners to be free is nothing they accomplish except to adopt the reality that is. We may think people should be punished. We may think we should come down hard on those sinners. But God has called us to a stewardship of the gospel of reconciliation. You have been reconciled to God in Jesus Christ. The prison is open, the war is over, and the God whom you naturally have a whole long list of irreconcilable differences have all been reconciled by God in Jesus Christ. And now be good stewards of this reality that God is no longer counting people's sins against them. Believe it because it is so. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. 
We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.